In this episode of Pass the Mic, Alice and Megan discuss experiences of substance use, despair, suicidal thoughts, and an emergence from hopelessness to hope. March 7th, 2018. I hate myself. I hate my life. I just wish I could die already. I am too much of a coward to try and take my own life, but I have no reason to live anymore. So why am I here? I think I fear I will fail and that everyone will know that what I attempted. I, If I knew 100% I would succeed, I would do it. I have nothing left anymore. Everyone is gone. I don't have a relationship with any of my siblings. Honestly, I wouldn't be missed. Nobody would even notice right away, I bet. Nobody would miss me. Everyone has someone else. Honestly, I should just hurt myself. The thought gives me so much peace. I just hate myself so much. Maybe I could walk in front of a moving car and call it a day. There are just so many ways I just wish I knew it 100% done deal. Not knowing is what stops me. I wonder if I could hire someone to hurt me, if that's even possible. It's probably not. Everyone knows I would never kill myself. Maybe if I just stop taking my meds, I'd get into the point I would be so depressed. I would just hurt myself. Alice. September 22nd, 2020. Today I had a doctor's appointment. I got my meds raised again. Overall, I'm doing good, but I think I forgot how to just live a little in the, how to live in the moment. I am just so focused on living in the past and in the future. It's like I forget. I am not my past. I am not my pain. It was something I was reminded today. It was something I needed to be reminded. Sometimes something bad happens to me and I think everyone is out to get me. But I know that's not true. It's like I just jumped to conclusions. I just need to be reminded to slow down. Take it one day at a time. Even one second at a time. Lately I've been struggling with trying to please everyone but I have come to realize that I don't need to please everyone. I just need to please me. I need to make sure I'm happy, healthy, and taken care of. to the best of my abilities. I've always wanted people to see me, be proud of me, be happy for me. I've realized that it doesn't matter what they think. I need to stop searching for acceptance through other people, but find it through myself. Like, wow, talk about a huge mind shift. Accepting myself, finding acceptance from within, most importantly, slowing down enough to feel my feelings, my sadness, happiness, angry, irritability, and remember that I'm in control. I guide my actions, I feel my feelings, I breathe, I need to slow down enough to feel all this, I need to remember to put myself first, show myself love, empathy and kindness, but most importantly that everything happens for a reason. Alice. Alice handpicked these journal entries to showcase the transitions she experienced through drug use and how it impacted her mental health. She self-describes these stages as mentally unbalanced to a heavy drug user to sober and mentally balanced. Uh, So Alice, I know that you have experienced um, mental health issues in your life and you're no stranger to how hard that can be. So do you want to share your experience? Yeah, we'll start with the first time I ever tried drugs. So it happened after a Christmas party um, with one of the companies I worked with. A friend and I had gone to another bar and she had offered me drugs. And 
So when she had offered, I initially said yes. But I think the reason I was so quick to say yes at the time was because like for months ahead of time, I'd been Googling drugs. So this has been like, so the first time I ever tried it was in January. So now going back to like August, I remember like Googling about it. I like about all the different kinds and what they do because initially the reason I was so curious about it is because I thought that they would help me lose weight. And later on, once I got into my addiction, I had come to learn, no, they don't help you lose weight. That is just, well, maybe for some people, but for me, it didn't help me lose weight. It was something that I just got so anxious doing them that I just ended up binge eating and it just, it didn't get me anywhere. So fast forward past that first night, obviously it became many more nights. So one night became two nights and two nights became three nights, but very gradually. So throughout the years, it happened to be like one night here and then another night here. And initially it was with just this one friend. And I remember the time I told another friend that I had done drugs and she was, they were so mad at me, so mad. And I didn't understand why at the time, but whatever, they were mad at me. I kind of let it go. And once it was done, then they started doing drugs with me and they were one of the ones that I got into really big addiction with and my whole life turned upside down and during the time when I was in like the phase of my biggest addiction I got diagnosed being bipolar too so that was like another whirlwind of a thing and like deep down, I've always known I was bipolar. Like it wasn't a surprise to me, but like finally having that diagnosis was like, oh, there is something wrong. Like, okay, it's not just in my head. But then at that point I didn't have the support system. I didn't even have the motivation or anything to like fix where I was in life. I had gone so downhill, so deep into addiction I didn't know how to get out and I couldn't get out until I hit rock bottom. So like once I finally hit rock bottom, that wasn't until I could get out because I didn't know how to get out. So like there's a saying that I've always heard. Well, I don't know where I heard it, but it's drugs are fun. Then they're fun with problems. Then they're just problems. And I could see it throughout my life. How in the beginning to me, yeah, they were fun. Then they became fun with problems. Then they became problems and they were just headaches and I ignored all the bills in my life and I ignored all my responsibilities and it just became a headache. So once I hit rock bottom, which for me was happened to be, I got evicted. I had given my partner at the time all the money for rent and they went and blew it all on drugs. So we got evicted. For, so for me, this was my rock bottom. I would never, my goal was to never get evicted and to always have a roof over my head. That was the biggest thing for me. So once I hit rock bottom, I was like, I'm done, I'm leaving. And at the time where I was working, my boss was super supportive, helped me move out. All my siblings came, moved me out. I had 
I had a bigger support system than I knew I had. But it didn't, but I didn't realize until I had hit rock bottom. It took me hitting rock bottom to be like, oh, there's people in my life? Because I had closed all those doors. Everyone that cared about me, I closed them all. But like once I hit rock bottom and needed their help, I had realized like, oh, look at all these people that are here for me. Like, and they all helped me move out. They got me settled. Um, my boss even gave me her last $60 so that I could get through the next week with no money because my partner at the time had left me with no money as they went and spent it all on drugs. And of course I did not spend that money wisely. I did not spend it on drugs, but I also did not spend it wisely. But that was my breaking point and that is when I realized that I could do this. I could get clean. I could start my life over. And that was like the beginning of a new life for me. Can you talk about how you felt in, you know, this time in your life when, in a sense, everything you ever knew was like taken from you? And then in a sense, everything you thought was gone came back. And how did you move on from that? I felt heartbroken. I literally cried for weeks straight. I was felt so alone, even though I had so many people there for me because I was so codependent at that time. I literally, I relied on that other person. I relied on my ex at that time. I was so codependent on them. Like, I didn't know anything other than this person. And to see life beyond them, I couldn't. So the fact that I had just uprooted my whole life literally destroyed me. And I remember I cried and cried and cried and that's all I did. I was in my godmother's basement crying and crying. I didn't leave my room. And I still really didn't talk to people. I still kind of kept myself closed off from my siblings and my support network because that is what I knew. I still didn't reach out to them as much as I could have because I didn't know how to. So my only support system at this time that I was willing to let in was my godmother because obviously she lived in the same house with me. But something that really did help is I went to church every Sunday with her. So that was like a little bit of like, it helped me get through a really tough time for me. Do you want to share your experience with your sexuality in the church or is that something you don't want to share? It's totally up to you. I can share. So, I am not saying this about all churches. I will say right now. I'm just going to say this with a particular church. At first, when no one knew I was gay and a lesbian, everything was fine. And I got counseling through this particular church. And um, we went, my godmother came with me to this counseling session. And um, everything was going fine. They were talking about my, but then it came up to my past relationship. And they realized that I was a lesbian. And I swear, it was probably the worst thing I ever could have told them because they asked me, I can't remember exactly how they worded it, but it was something along the lines of, did they make you a lesbian or are you a lesbian? I was like, what? Like, how, did, how can someone else make you a lesbian? 
Like, that, that just, it doesn't work like that. So, like, that threw me off. And then, then she's like, you know, it's a sin to be a lesbian. Like, God doesn't accept people that are lesbians. And I was like, that is not true. That Like, I grew up in a church that is very, very accepting of lesbians, gays, transgenders, very accepting and welcoming of this of this group of people. So don't tell me that God doesn't accept us. Like, I know for a fact he does. And I remember I just started crying and I ran out of that session and I called my now partner, who I never thought in a million years I'd be with, and she came and picked me up, and I was bawling. We weren't together at the time. I had just, it was a mess of a time I was in. And she picked me up, and I was crying, and she took me home. And I just laid on the couch and cried all afternoon about that. So I was like, how can someone tell you that you are a sinner? Just because you love who you love. And it literally broke my heart. And actually, what happened is I had some medicine. It's called chlorazepam. And I debated taking some that night. But not because I needed it. So for people that don't know, it is an anti-anxiety pill. And I debated taking it. But not because I was anxious. But because I wanted to check out of my reality. I didn't want to be here. And I wanted to take it that day because I wanted to be gone. So instead, what I did is I took all my pills and flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> because I knew if I went back down that road, I was never going to come back. So I took all my pills and flushed them down the toilet that day. Once I realized what I was thinking and what I was planning on doing. And it sucked because I really didn't want to flush them all down the toilet. <laughs> but I really had to in that moment. Yeah. Even though, like, it, you say it sucked to flush them down, did you have any other feelings when you were doing it? I felt proud of myself, honestly, because that was, like, the first step to being, like, I can do this, I can get clean, like, I can stay clean. Because even though, like, that is not a drug, to me, I'm using a doctor-prescribed medicine as a drug. Right. I was using it in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So to me, it would make it as if I was using it as a drug. Like, I just wasn't using it in the right way. So, and it wasn't my first time. And that's why I clued in and I flushed it down the toilet. And I had never been more proud of myself than that first moment. Can you tell me about a time where you may have felt disappointed in yourself along this journey of recovery or like less than great because of something that happened or how you responded to it? Yes, I can. So, well, we'll start off with yesterday would have been one year I would have been clean. Yesterday. So yesterday would have marked one year I would have been clean. However, on March... Well, for, no, actually February 29th it was because it was leap year. So, of course, I'm the one that has to fall on leap year. I had a friend text me and was like, hey, let's hang out. And I wasn't at a great time in my life and talked my partner into, you know, hanging out with this not so good friend. So I did drugs and I didn't think that I would feel as 
horrible about it as I did. But in the moment, in the moment, I didn't feel bad when I first initially did them. I was like, yeah, whatever, like, but I think I needed this situation to happen in order for me to stay clean because afterwards, once I was, once it was done, I felt so ashamed, so guilty, and I was like, I just threw four months away. Like, four months. I threw it away. And I just, I can't explain how disappointed in myself I felt. Because I was like, that's four months. And I've, and even like now, to this day, I think about that, those times when I'm like, when I'm craving and I think about that day and I'm like, I don't want to feel like that again. Even that night I remember saying, I don't ever want to feel like this again because that is how much I hurt. And I've been doing lots of like self-help reading and stuff where they say like, relapse is part of growing, relapse is part of it. It is part of your journey and it's something I've come to accept. I've been able to learn that shame and guilt is something you're going to feel initially, but it's not who you are. And that there's two different things and that you need to learn that, yes, I feel shame and I feel guilt, but that's not who I am and I can accept it and move on. When in that moment, I didn't know that. And like, to me, shame and guilt, that's who I was and I let it eat at me. And I felt horrible and I felt horrible for days. But like, that's how some people just get sucked back into the life. Because they let the shame and the guilt eat at them. They don't realize that it's not who they are. And that would have been me had I not done all this extra reading and learned about these feelings I didn't even know existed. I didn't realize there was something called shame and guilt and like, oh God, all this stuff, like, who knew? But now I am almost eight months clean and I am doing better than I have when I ever thought because I don't want to throw it away. I don't want to turn away from my feelings. I don't want to check out. I want to work through it. I want to see what's next. I want to get through it. I want to work through it. What are this, What are some of the ways that, so like that, say something terrible happened and you were feeling so overwhelmed and alone and stressed out, back then you probably would have opted for, you know, some type of dissociative drug or alcohol or something, but now, what are you? My first thing I would do is talk to my partner. Talking always helps me. I talk about my feelings, I talk about my anxiety. I've had horrible anxiety lately. So that is like my number one thing I do is I talk about it. I don't bottle it up. And if I don't have someone to talk to, I write about it. Or like my partner's amazing. I can call her at any time and she will walk away from work for a minute and talk to me if that is what I need. And we will talk about it. And then if in the moment I'm like on the verge of having an anxiety attack or a panic attack or I just take that moment and focus on my breathing like in, out, slow it down, not 
really fast and just like kind of slow it down. Another thing that works really well that I've learned was to accept it and move on. Acknowledge it, accept it, and move on. And it works really well with drugs, particularly. Accept that you're craving, or acknowledge that you're craving, accept it, but then you have to move on from it. Because if you're just dwelling on it, you're gonna be there all night long, and you're gonna dwell on it all night long. You gotta move on. And it took me a lot of time and a lot of work to do that. Accepting it is probably one of the hardest things, but moving on is really hard too. But it is so rewarding once you do it. Thank God for that $180 counseling session I took. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Those therapists do know something, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but like... I even like think back to like when I was doing drugs and how bad it was at the time and I was like I let like so I'm a strong believer that the person I, I was with at the time is a narcissist. I strongly believe that I believe I believe that a lot of my problems ex are from there. A lot of my problems are from my childhood. My dad was a narcissist. I grew up with one and then I ended up in a relationship with one and a lot of it stemmed from that. Like, I, I had to learn, I was codependent on it. I needed to learn how to escape it. But like, I was so used to being walked all over. I was so used to being called down. I was so used to being basically shit on by other people. I didn't know how to stand up for myself and be like, no, you are, you're wrong. Like, don't, you don't get to be rude to me. Like something I had read the other day, my ex proposed to me and then broke up with me in the same day. And I let them, that happen. I let that happen. And I wrote about how I would never let that happen again. And then when they proposed again, I said yes, because I just so badly wanted to be loved. That is all I wanted because I didn't love myself. You can't expect to love other people when you don't love yourself, but I didn't love myself. So that is kind of like, I think was a huge problem of mine. I, I realized once I let go of a lot of the toxic people in my life, my life became a lot smoother and more relivable. I make a good talk. Okay. So my, I've talked about in my um, journal entry about how I had my meds upped a couple, like a month ago now. Well, one of the big reasons for that is because something I didn't know before I started the whole drug scene was that drugs impact your ability to function. They change your brain chemistry. Like, I didn't know this. And, um, well, for me personally, the, the drugs have impacted my frontal cortex. So they've damaged it to the point that I have no impulse control anymore. So for me, 
I get angry really fast. So my doctor has had to like, and it's like really fast, like not just like boom. It's like, and I get really angry. So my doctor has had to increase my dopamine levels by giving me a med to alterate, alter the chemistry there to level me out because of that. But there's like other ones I've heard of. Well, I'm in, so I'm in a program for addictions. I'm in addictions and community support worker. And my teacher was telling us how, um, what is it? Steroids are one, they can enlarge your heart muscle because well obviously steroids are here to enlarge muscles so that one makes sense but so can cocaine it, it it also enlarges your heart muscle so like a lot of people that are in this life they don't know the lasting effects it has not only on our brain but to our hearts and our bodies and like not just that but a lot of people they don't have their brain de well okay so correction everybody doesn't have their brain developed until they're the age of 25 a lot of people do drugs before they're 25 years of age so not only are our brains not fully developed but we're doing drugs before they're fully developed so like imagine the damage we're really doing to our brains so like there's a lot of I don't know all everything it does to the brain but I do know there's like lasting effects to the brain and the chemistry like I am a strong believer that I would not be bipolar to this day had I not done drugs I think I'd have like depression and anxiety and still have like the mood disorder or not mood disorder but like depression and anxiety but like not a mood disorder I think this definitely pushed me over the edge. I think I might have borderline personality because that runs in our family. But um, I think this one like pushed me over the edge to be bipolar. Don't do drugs, you guys. Stay away from them. It is not worth your life. It is not worth destroying your life over. Not only your physical life, your mental life, your financial life, your brain your heart, your soul, and overall, people love you. You have a support system. You might not know you have it, but I promise you, you do. There's someone out there that cares about you. Even if you don't see it right now, I promise you there's someone out there that loves you and cares for you. Alice is going to be reading a poem called My Evil Best Friend that she wrote. I look upon the past, finding it hard to say goodbye. I look into the future, terrified of what I'll find. It's so hard to say goodbye to you. You've gotten me through so much. But now it's time to access things I've never quite understood. You left me feeling numb inside, instead of lonely and sad. You, left, you let me hide behind you. You became my best friend. I never knew how much a white powder could mean until I met you, but you caused concern and dragged me down. You left me feeling all alone with no one to be around. Then came time for me to say goodbye. I look back and wonder, what if just one more time? One more time, you say? It's not a thing. It'll always lead to more. I'll bring you down to be alone and wonder how. So don't look back, my dear. 
rather run, be free, and enjoy what the future holds. So you've shared a lot about the negative experiences that you've had and the hard times that you've went through regarding your mental health, drug use, and addiction and recovery. What I want to know now about you is your five favorite things about yourself because you've just been saying things that you don't like. My five favorite things about myself, like since I got clean? Yep, or just in general, or... Or like about myself or like about like things about my life that's happened whenever I say tell me the five favorite things about you whatever comes into your head whatever that okay, when looks you, like when you said that I thought about five favorite things that have happened in my life since I've got clean Kate let's hear it so my relationships have gotten better with my family with friends just like with the world in general. I've become a nicer person overall. I'm nicer to society. I'm not mean. I used to be like a really mean person to people. I used to like go out of my way to be rude to someone I didn't know. Where now like I see other people do that. And I'm like there's no need to do that. Like I can tell the difference now. My outlook on life has changed. I'm more of a positive person in general versus a negative person. Before, it was like, why is everyone so down on me? What's going on with life? And, like, it's all, it was all about me, 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 but, like, in a negative way. Where now it's like, what can I do for you? And, like, how can I make things positive? And things like that. Like, I'm just more positive in general. I have a better mindset than I had. Um... Yeah, I just think I have a better sense of community. I have a better support system. I don't know. I'm just... I'm more open. I don't close myself off to people. And... Yeah, like... I talk about it. I feel my feelings. I work through my feelings. So... Yeah. Well, what's one thing you love about Alice? Aside from everything about who you are. One thing I love about me? Mm-hmm. How funny I am. True. You are funny. That's one thing I love about me. <laughs> or my teddy bear laugh. Oh my god, can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing about her. <laughs> I used to have this teddy bear when I was little, and every time you hugged it, it would laugh just like that, and I lost the teddy bear, <laughs> but I still have my sister. <laughs> See? It's so cute. Yeah. Well, peace out. Bye, everyone. Bye.